Hey everybody, it's Mario here, host, or one half of the host of the Peaky Pod, alongside... The other half of your host, Zachary. Welcome. Hey, well, thanks for listening to this episode. This is the first time we actually do a pre-roll ad, and you'll probably hear it one more time at the end. But we'd just like to announce an upcoming show that we are planning called the Story Archive Show. We plan on that being our kind of hub for doing one-off uh, reviews of movies and maybe specific episodes of TV shows that are on our gauntlet or thanos gauntlet of Mm -hmm. the greatest tv shows ever and uh we want to invite you to subscribe we're going to put the links in there but if you don't want to go to the show notes just type in spotify or apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts the story archive show and we should pop up so please subscribe follow us and uh let us know how you're liking the peaky pod we hope you enjoy this episode and take care thank you Welcome back to a very uniquely special episode of the Peaky Blinder Show by Story Archives. I'm your host, Mario Busto, alongside... Zachary Newton. Welcome, everybody. Zach, we've finally reached season four, episode six, titled Mm -hmm. The Company. And it's, it's the last episode, not only of season four, but of our coverage of the Peaky Blinders podcast. Although how weird it's been... Yeah. Starting from season one, two, then going backwards from <laughs> six, five. You know. Yeah, it feels it feels like the the Star Wars trilogy is starting halfway through and ending yeah. on a weird one. Yeah, we did the first three yeah. or, or the first <laughs> one, two, five, and then we came back and covered our yeah. bases on three and four. Mm-hmm. Um, this was the finale, and it's been years since I've watched this one, and I think I've only it's maybe my third rewatch of this particular episode in my life which is probably an all-time low for Peaky Blinders. Finale. I mean, it it's it, I think this is the second time I've rewatched it. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm with I'm with you there. It's um it brought back a lot of memories and just things that I thought I knew how they ended and then they it ended in a completely different way. I didn't know it gave us so much shine such a light into season 5 the way it does at the end of uh this finale where See, it goes into um Tommy's plans. Mm-hmm. after his defeat of yeah. Changretta. And that that's what I was saying in the last episode, where I was like, you know, these things, I thought it ended a certain way, and I was like, wait, no, that's not what happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he doesn't kill Luca in this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I'm trying to think which movie it reminds me of, where you think everything's done, and then the, the movie continues for like an additional 10 minutes. Yeah. It, it actually has, let me not spoil anything, but it actually reminds me of another finale, the way you think it's over and then there's like another 20 minutes of oh, yeah. of stuff going yeah, on. It, it does really kind of remind me of that finale too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so I don't want to give anything else <laughs> away, but I will say this. If, uh, if one and two are siblings uh, and three and five, three, five, and six are siblings, then season four is a bastard. Uh, yeah. That's the way I see it because... <laughs> The tone of this season, although it has moments that feel connected to the other, to the others, uh, mm-hmm. particularly probably the first episode uh, of this season, has that. It's like a pickup from season yep. three. Absolutely. Overall, I'm I'm not a big fan of the Changretta arc. Uh, it is not a fan of mine. I'm not a fan of it, honestly. Like I, I don't like it. 
he seems more of like a vessel to get us towards what we're getting to in season five than anything. But was it like I almost still don't even think it was needed, and all like and all like to bridge that gap. Like I I don't think. I mean, may, maybe no, I need yeah. to rewatch I, I, five, but I mean, other, other than the last couple minutes of this episode, there's nothing really tying me much into season five. Yeah, and I would go so far as to tell you that season four, barring John's death, um, was probably entirely unneeded because you may, could Sabini not have played this same role that Changretta played? In season yeah. three, because all you hear of Sabini in, in season three is whispers, right? Mm-hmm. I think he's mentioned a little bit in season three. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, could you not have made like a just this mega mondo season three where you have the, um, what's the name of the priest and his uh, terrible crew of, of henchmen? Oh, I can't remember. You got to find that name. Um, they have a name. Uh blanking on it the audience is probably like screaming at me for not knowing this <laughs> i've got the speakers like of course it's blah uh does jimmy got it for us jimmy jimmy looks like he's typing it up they've, they've got like 70 different names they're not the red right hand the economic league the economic league but there's another one there's like uh, a it's like a three, they, le- they, yeah, three letter acronym there was another another thing i can't remember what it was father hughes with the economic league, what is the what are the other names for the economic league? That's what I'm I'm looking at right now. There's like they have nicknames. Uh, there was the special branch section D. Section D. That's what it that's was. What it had it nothing is. to do with the three letter. No, I, I I had a feeling it had to do with something with the name section or word section. Section but. D. That's the yeah. one. I think section the the. I think the reason season four comes off as underwhelming is because section D was such a threat. Yeah. And section D leads us to what Tommy's leading to do in season five, which is to undermine the socialist movement by getting into its ranks. And personally, I think he just does it to, to have sex with Jesse Eden. I think he's it's part of the <laughs> part of the move here is, you know, Tom was, there was a, there was a finishing course that needed to be passed at, in Charlie's yard and uh, <laughs> it was Jesse Eden well I, I do agree I, I think season 3 just left off on I don't want to say a high note but it it, it was pretty intense yeah. this this feels very underwhelming like I, I I think I would agree with you as well in saying like I would like to see this almost be a continuation of what was going on in season three, kind of like what happened in season one and two. Season two, kind of, it was a different villain overall, but it felt so much like a, a strong continuation of uh, season one, where you you still had a lot of the key players. You know, there was kind of a power vacuum, and that that's how you know the the group got up in there and you know, started dealing with Sabini. Um, because Billy Kimber was out of the way, right? Mm-hmm. I also think it would it would without trying to give away too much. I think it would have fit the fit a pattern that is apparent in in the rest of Peaky Blinders. Well, at the start of this season, you have the whole family's been arrested, right? And mm-hmm. you have the whole thing with Polly of mm-hmm. escaping death and how she goes through her little uh, PTSD of of having seen the spirits through the news type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
How did Tommy free them? He made a promise to work for the government on behalf of the government to uncover who Jesse Eden's contacts are, right? Something along those lines. It sounds and, about right. And in return, they promised him all sort like a to be able to move, uh, provide military vehicles yeah. for, uh, for I guess, mobilizing in North Africa and, and other places. Mm-hmm. Um, so he freed them there. I'm just kind of like trying to rework. Maybe this is a segment we can do at the end of it, but I, maybe it doesn't make sense because I don't want to spend this whole episode trashing this season. But <laughs> uh, maybe when, some, when this audience, whoever's using this uh, as an episodic, episodic guide as they're watching Peaky, you come back after season five and you let us know. Write us an email and let us know, hey, yeah, season four was completely unneeded. Uh, they could have bridged the gap between X and Y storyline. Mm-hmm. And um, I think what you really needed to walk away with in this season, uh, you needed a couple of core things to happen. You needed John to die because mm-hmm. I've always said this. Uh, the actor who plays John, is it Joe Cole? What's his name? I believe so. Joe Cole or Finn Cole. I, I can't it's remember. not Finn. It's, it's Joe, I think. Um Joe Cole needed to die because he wanted out of his contract, right? It is Joe Cole, and yes. You also needed, I guess, Polly to have her her transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, and you needed Tommy to have the realization that he cannot rest, that that the grass is not greener on the other side of his enemies that he's actually been fueled by his enemies and he's been putting his life's worth in material gain and power. And once he has that moment of respite, that moment to take a breather, he goes insane. And so he realizes that he constantly needs a conflict. And that's kind of a theme with Tommy, right? Mm -hmm. You know, where he thinks it starts with Billy Kimber and Campbell and then in Sabini in season two, and then Section D in Season 3 and the Russians, right? Mm-hmm. And then 4 is the, is the repercussion of his actions from Season 3 and coming to, and the reckoning that that brought, right? So that's why yeah. Changreta feels like a lesser enemy because he was such a lesser... Th- to me, he was such a, a much smaller threat than Section D and the Russians. Um, just the darkness of Season 3 stands out compared to Season 4. Yeah. Yeah, and you know it's it's kind of interesting though, right? Like, because he does like Luca Changrata, and, and you know his his Goonies does really feel like a a lesser maybe because uh, it's so cartoonish threat. Yeah, I mean there there is an element of that, but it's also, I mean, in a way, I think it's kind of funny because Section D was was way worse, like much more terrifying, horrible, horrible. But, the things that but, they had no Changrata had a code. So yeah, Adrian, the, Adrian the Brody has no code. Adrian Brody, if you're listening to this, we think you did a great job as Changreta. Yeah. You know, although it did feel like a, a combination of every single beloved mafia character in cinema, right? Mm-hmm. It, it just felt like you got the short end of the stick. Like Changreta could have been a much, considering the darkness of season three, mm-hmm. Changreta could have, they could have taken it up a notch. They, you know? they could, and I, and I mean, look, Shangreta's, you know, family back in what what was it? Is it is it Boston or so New York Brooklyn. or wherever it was? Yeah, I, I mean, they they were like what I I want to say at war with Al Capone, right? Like, know, so like, there's you know a lot of stuff that could have could have gone on there. I, I think what could have helped is if they would have given us a scene of background on Shangreta, 
Hmm. You know, set us. I know the show yeah, doesn't do that with the enemies. Yeah, there's nothing to really make us fear him in any way. I think that's why they needed to show us the New York conflict with Capone. Hmm. I also think that they pro- maybe they should have. I'm playing like court, you know, yeah. Monday morning quarterback here, but I'm you know, the fans of the show get to do this thing, right? Of course. So, what if Changreta comes in and kills Sabini? Now you've set up Changreta as a threat now he's taken over the entire uh bit of london because the italians had control of london right or I, maybe I, he takes over sabini's spot and yeah. he takes back london from tommy and mm. then he pro- uh he confronts tommy for his vendetta at that yeah. point maybe maybe now you have a, a much bigger threat but the way they kind of bring him into the picture and then he comes to Tommy's office and he doesn't kill him there. I, I wanted to see somebody who, you know, that there wasn't plot armor. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, when Joe Cole dies or what's his name? John Boy. John Boy. It was one of those things where it just felt dumb that they didn't go back over there and kill Michael too. I, I, I agree. Again, there's three of you. Nobody's shooting back. You've got like, what, four Tommy guns. Every your enemy's done for. Nobody's yeah. coming over. You're not gonna loot the house. Like you're not gonna check if anybody else is there. I mean, you're not gonna look for intel of the company. The women, and the kids. Yeah. I mean, I fire my whole crew. Mm-hmm. All right. I I did I did want to finish on saying though, like even though um you know Shangreta feels like so much less of a threat than anybody else. I I feel like so far. He has done the most damage to the family. I mean, purely because John Boy's gone. If you and had, they put Michael in the hospital. If right? you I had mean, like, to be real than, about this, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just I was just gonna say, other than Tommy getting his head smashed in, what a couple of times at this point. Yeah, he got it smashed in this season too, or no? Uh, he got it smashed in last season from the priest, and then I want to say it happened in season. Two. It may not have been his head Sabini. necessarily. Yeah, Sabini was, beat the hell out of him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think um, to kind of wrap up this intro section here, the only reason he was more of a threat is because John Boy died. Yeah. No one else died this season. It's just Changreta. Mm-hmm. So there's this thing when you're watching a movie and uh, – there's a famous actor who's playing a role, but you're watching the movie and you're like, oh, that's Leonardo DiCaprio playing uh, a cowboy. Yeah, and you're just thinking about him. And you're like, oh, that's DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole time. You can't, like, his name is, you know, it. his name is Bobby uh, Bobby, Bobby Gunslinger. Johnson. Yeah, Bobby <laughs> Johnson. But you can never see him as Bobby. It's always mm-hmm. Leonardo. Yeah, I'm not yeah. using Leo as a, an example because I actually think he does embody his roles in a way that as i'm watching the movies he becomes the character mm-hmm. except for shutter island i can't remember his yeah name. i can't remember that character's name for the life of me it's I, just I, DiCaprio it in an insane asylum maybe that's how we should do all of dicaprio's movies you know just go through his whole thing dicaprio on a cruise ship <laughs> dicaprio uh running from in the a wall. dream <laughs> caprio in 19 in uh early 1800s new york i don't know when it was uh, gangs in new york anyways uh, the tangent is this one feels like somebody died because it was written in the in the script which yeah. obviously all these things happen because they're written in the script but mm-hmm. because of the darkness of season three somebody should have died based on the tone of season yeah, three I whether agree. it was finn 
whether it was somebody else, Ada, somebody should have died with the severity of those two enemies, especially the Russians that had literally no morals. Sorry for yeah. those listening in Russia. But this that Tatiana chick, which I think I think Tatiana was needed in this episode. We're gonna get to, to my point okay. later okay. in this episode. I, I like Tatiana. Looking yeah, back she's, she's good. I think she would have been a good match for Tommy. Call me crazy. Call me crazy, crazy to balance out crazy. She, I mean. she was that right balance where he wouldn't have had descended into madness in his break. Like she would would Tommy have gone off the deep end into even way worse debaucherous things? Absolutely. But would he have been like a, a little more stable? Probably. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. All right, let's get into the actual uh recap here. Let's do it. We open up with the boxing match of the <laughs> grossly undersized, <laughs> grossly, grossly undersized Bonnie versus Goliath. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do we know Goliath's name? I think it said it right there in the. I'm not thing. sure. This guy's enormous. He's weighing, he stands at about 6'8", weighs easily 250, and Bonnie stands in at 5'8", at a soaking wet 145 pounds. <laughs> I, he is called goliath in here i don't think we have any other his his name, name was on him. the poster but i, I couldn't pause it in time mm. it's re, it's irrelevant we start off with this montage of the the fighters walking to the rings because we very much open up our the episode with like this build up towards the fight that's going on and all of the events that are taking place behind yeah. the scenes now in our intro, I left out the whole Arthur uh, resurrection situation. Uh, and as I was watching this episode again, I was thinking to myself the whole time, why is Tommy deliberately talking to Arthur in this way if he knows that they're going to fake his death? And I didn't realize that. Hold on one second. Just clap here for a second. 17 seconds in i got my edits notes who's watching stuff on there call the midwife jane the virgin let me tell one moochie mcjenny is that your sister yeah it's my sister i call her moochie because she's using our account i call her moochie because she's using our account i figured (laughs) hold on i don't want to boot them do you want me to just log into Uh, your netflix i lost you what'd you say say it again do you, do you want me to just log in? Are you okay with me logging into your Netflix? Or are you sharing your screen and doing I it? I think Michaela's watching my Netflix right now. You want to check or no? Yeah, give me a second. I, I mean, if I have to boot one of them off, then fine. But Hold on, hold on. We'll be done with this in 30 minutes. Yeah, she's not watching. She's watching Harry. I will send you my credentials. <laughs> I love how much she watches Harry Potter. I know. No, why don't you just share your screen? I can do that. I can do that. Uh, Netflix. 
is she gonna get the harry potter video game i might have you told her about that yeah she knows it's coming out she's not she's not into video games much but watch her get hooked on that and just become <laughs> like an obsessed harry potter video game player <laughs> she'll just make you play the thing is I, is that you wouldn't you don't like those type of games it's it's like open world isn't it mm-hmm. i like those games you don't I, like you've never liked like fantasy and stuff no like not well i guess harry potter's your i exception. can buy i can buy into like the storyline of that right like i like i mean look you've got red dead one and two you've got grand theft auto you know there's a there's what, like spider-man by the way and, like, did, did you see all games. the leaked stuff of grand theft auto yeah i did <clears throat> it looks pretty sick <laughs> yeah it, it, I, it's that's, about time that something's gonna come out that's early build shit bro oh so, yeah have you seen early build of Red Dead compared to after what it looked like? I haven't. No. I can't imagine what this shit's gonna look like if it looks like that early build. I mean, just think about our what our systems can do with the PS5. I mean, it, like there's so much potential. Yeah. Um. Okay. Oh, sure. Allow. Zachary. Of course. Where is my list? There we go. Bro, I'm craving a freaking hamburger like no tomorrow. <laughs> you got a five guys near you? Yeah, I think this one just down the street. Bro, I said we get lunch tomorrow. <laughs> I'm serious. Tomorrow's Friday. Yeah, let's get lunch. Let me see. Tomorrow's crazy. I got to drop, drop off something to David. The reason I'm saying it is because I'm going to be in the area. If you're not available at the time I go, which then again, I'm not going to go during lunchtime anyway. So exactly. That's that's the problem. I, I literally have a stock day tomorrow. If you want to do it at night. Maybe. That might be better. After like 7, I could probably dip out a little early. Um, let me see your screen. What was the last thing I said? Oh, shit. What? I guess I can't remember what the last thing was that you said. Just, um, piece it together. Your best here. Uh, go back a little bit Isn't when Alfie's walking in. I mentioned the resurrection of, of Arthur. I'll go back from that point and just cut what I was starting to say. It was something. Go further like, back. I can't believe he's t like he's talking like this when when yes, you know, yes, like yes. they're gonna fake their death. Yeah, you gotta go further back. How much? And further? put and put the speed at one point five. Thank you. I'll um. Kind of, you need to gauge the speed as I'm moving through my notes here, or I'll tell you to slow it down. Okay. I'll just tell you to slow it down. Fuck it. Okay, ready? I'm gonna clap. All right. Okay. So I mentioned this in the intro where I was saying there were things that occurred in this episode that I didn't remember happening in the way that they did. And one of those things was Tommy's knowledge of what was going to happen to Arthur in this episode, which was mm -hmm. they were going to fake his death. I thought when I went into this episode, I went in there kind of think, not kind of thinking. I was thinking that Tommy knew what they were going to do, that they were going to um fake arthur's death mm -hmm. and use it to win the war 
What I didn't remember was that Tommy had no idea that Arthur was going to get severely injured. Hitman garrot wire style Mm -hmm. in the freaking showers. And then use it as like spur of the moment. Oh, this is a great opportunity to use my brother's devastating injury Mm -hmm. for for family gain here. Which you got to love Arthur. Everybody should have a brother like that. You know, somebody who's like Zach. We're not brothers, but... If we ran a local gang together and one of the guys from the rival gang garrot wired your ass nearly to death. Yeah. And I used it for personal gain and told you, hey, I told everybody you're dead when you woke up. Mm-hmm. Would you be mad at me or would you be like Arthur was and just completely <laughs> accepting and really happy about it? I would I would totally be like Arthur was. I'd be like, hell yeah. yeah? All right. All right cool. I'm, I'm going to kill everybody here. All right. And they're not even going to know I'm alive. I'm going to keep this in mind. okay so we have a very cryptic meeting between alfie and tommy another thing which i interpreted a completely different way when i watched this the first time Mm -hmm. is it me or as alfie's talking to tommy about needing rest and moving to margate and how big fuck small as he says Mm -hmm. um and not staying for the fight is alfie cryptically tipping tommy off about what's going to happen there tonight or is that just is that just me i don't know i mean it very well could be i haven't thought about it it feels like it in the way that he's talking in the in these riddles and tommy's facial expressions as he's reacting to what he's saying it does feel like he's trying to send a message and when he tells alfie stay for the fight alfie and he's like no Tom. I've got to go. I mean, may, you know? maybe maybe it's less of what's gonna happen tonight and more of just like he doesn't like he wants out, like he doesn't want to be involved. Yeah, I with, don't with think this, so with his life anymore I don't, or whatever. I don't maybe. think so. I think it's he has cancer and he's wanting out of his business and he wants to make sure Tommy has an even shot out of this thing too. Because he mm-hmm. wants Tommy to kill him. Not just Chan Greta. He wants Tommy to kill him, too. Because mm. uh, at the end of it, we know our Alfie said, I wanted you to find me. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Arthur suspects, adding to the cartoonishness of Chan Greta's gang, yeah. he has replaced Goliath's boxing trainers with Hitman, I guess. With Hitman. Right? Because mm-hmm. Alfie, although in the in the locker room says, hey, Tommy, I guess we're, we're similar. We can't watch fights that, that aren't fixed. Mm-hmm. Uh, why would you replace the trainers then in Goliath's corner? I hope at least hopefully they kept a coach or something. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Art, Tommy tries to calm down Arthur, which this lent this lent itself to my thing about why are they talking like this if they know yeah. what the plan is. I was like, this is stupid, but it turns out it was completely um, opportunistic. No, yeah. So the ladies meet in the bathroom. You get kind of like this reunion scene that simply seems to kind of place each woman in their own. Uh, like to put you in their frame of mind, each mm-hmm. one of them. You got Lizzie, who's pregnant and very much kind of on cloud nine, saying like she's almost like I got the king's baby in my belly type of thing. <laughs> uh, Polly uh, pretty much eggs her on to tell Ada. Ada almost chokes on her vodka or tequila, whatever she's drinking. Mm-hmm. And Linda comes in and kind of says what everybody's thinking, right? Where she's like. <laughs> You know, you finally won the raffle or the lottery, huh? Like it was almost kind of like, 
you feel like everybody's thinking that that she was yeah. hoping that she would get pregnant with Tommy's kid because that's like mm-hmm. a, that's a ticket to it's you a, know it's an open door that's a ticket to security for the rest of her life type of thing yeah and uh, Linda says it and nobody really you know refutes <laughs> it so we'll go with it but yeah let, let's not mention that Linda's also going in there to do a line of coke and yeah, uh, like two peas in a pod here yeah and to chase it with some vodka so <laughs> um, yeah. Can you uh, turn the turn it down a notch? One point two five. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we have Bonnie in the ring now because we're this whole scene, everything going on, is cut in between this boxing match, and Bonnie is very confident that he can take this behemoth of a giant. I guess a behemoth is a giant. Yeah. Uh, to the fourth round, and this <laughs> is the one thing I just cannot suspend my disbelief of. Is this little scrawny? This scrawny guy, it's not that he can't beat somebody in his weight class. Oh, no. He, I, I don't think, think I need to qualify. he would do a great job this. in his own weight class. But he's fighting not like one notch above his weight. He's <laughs> fighting like, like three. Yeah, he's fighting like five. That's a that's a light heavyweight he's fighting. Uh-huh. Okay? Anyways, uh, as the fight continues, the ladies come back sitting in the front row and uh, start to kind of make a, a muck of themselves as Arthur runs off after one of Changretto's hitmen. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting to me, right? Yeah. Why is Changretta's hitman going to the locker room at this point to go get his wire? I didn't think about this as I was watching the episode. What was he doing? Was Probably he tr- trying to just lure him back what did, there. What did he do to lure him? What did he looked just fishy. act obvious? He just looked yeah, he just looked like somebody up to no good. Like he like you could see him in the shot behind the behind the ropes and he's just like looking around like like I don't know, man. You you, you know you know he's out to something. And then he like digs off and, and runs towards the back. This was half baked, man. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Arthur's coked up out of his mind right now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I guess that's what what occurred, and it, that would probably be the most brilliant thing that Changretta's men has done. Have or done or somebody. Yeah. Let's watch this scene now. So Arthur's going in there. We have a very much like third person Steaming. over the shoulder, tight perspective, so we don't know where the guy is. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that uh, I think he's hiding behind like a corner. Let's see. Bonnie's still getting. Bonnie's doing Bonnie's the Rocky, the, his best yeah. impression of Rocky. He's getting the crap beaten out of him for about four rounds. Mm-hmm. He hasn't Kinda landed a punch on Goliath. Yeah, yeah. Give me a break. <laughs> tire, Goli- see, did you just see the other guy in the background kind of dig off too? Yes, and that's where Tommy heads off. Yeah. Something is up, isn't it? There's a lot of time in this boxing match to be literally having all these different scenes take place. It really is. By the way, I love the the British flag draped behind the boxing ring. It's a really cool set. I do like the way they have it in in there. They have like this giant flag right behind the ring. All right, so Arthur's in the bathroom. I know we're doing this a little bit unorthodox, ladies and gents, but as I'm watching this episode live with Zach here, I am wondering, first and foremost, why is there so much smoke in this locker room? I mean, it's like the steam room, isn't it? Yeah, it's the steam room. And you're right, Zach. This uh, the Italian lured Arthur in there. So the plan was to, I guess, look very fishy. Mm-hmm. Get Arthur Shelby to take notice, 
and then choke him out. A brilliant plan with no holes in it at all. Not if I may all. say so myself. Yeah. Yeah. We're, you're going <laughs> to know that it's Arthur, the one who gets fishy. Not Tommy, who goes after you. Give me a break. All right. This just continues to add to my season four. Um, I mean, this guy's like, he just, he completely choked him out. Like, he's he's out right now. Yeah. He could have kept choking him and killed him. I mean, he, he also picked up a gun. I mean, like, honestly, like, if I were an assassin in a lot of these situations. I wouldn't use a gun. Than, you know. Well, I mean, even if it resulted to it. Even if it resulted to, to having to use a gun, right? Like, I'm not going to, like, pick it up and lollygag around and be like, huh, I'm going to shoot you. And then. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm going to. I'm either going to choke the guy out and try my best to finish the job. And if I'm going to result to shooting him, I'm going to pick the gun up and I'm going to shoot him right away. Like, I'm not, I'm not just going to sit there and wait. You would you're make, three feet away. You would make a terrible enemy. You'd be far too efficient. I know. <laughs> I got to say, or, you know, maybe put a silencer on that thing. Have you ever seen The Godfather 2? You haven't seen The Godfather. That's like I've one seen of your the crimes. No, I've seen The Godfather. Oh, okay. It's been you a while since I've seen them. Okay. The, the thing I didn't see was the new movie that they made yet. Um, oh, I saw it. Yeah. I haven't seen that yet. It's on my list. Actually, no, I haven't seen it. I confused it for the new Sopranos movie. Mm. All right. Well, as uh, Arthur has been killed, seemingly. Yeah. Tommy kills the man before he uh, does what they should have done to Michael earlier in this season, which is finish, finish it off. off, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, they don't. Tommy kills him. And uh, Polly takes notice as well, goes off and finds out that Arthur is seemingly dead. But we find out later that Tommy has told only a few people that Arthur's not truly dead. He's been gravely hurt. But that he this this opportunity can lend itself to winning the war. I guess all of this crossed Tommy's mind as he was clutching his brother in his arms. Yeah. Uh, a lot of things happen here. Uh, he tells Polly and Linda, as we find out, but no one else does. So it's interesting to watch this episode from the from the lens that only these three people know, right? Yeah. Uh, he doesn't tell Finn, who gets an opportunity here to kind of prove his uh, his mettle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, because he, he tells him, and you can tell Finn doesn't want to cut this guy's eyes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he does do it with his brother in front of him. I think yeah. you're starting to see the fact that Finn, without his brother's egging on, um, is not like his brothers. He kind of no. gives some weak punches in there. Isaiah is the one doing the dirty work here. Yeah, even, he, he, he's even really laying into him. Yeah. What gun does Tommy use? That is a great question. Yeah, that's something Jimmy will find. Yeah. We have, uh, as Tommy comes back with the the plan all concocted, he comes back and makes a full-on scene in the boxing match after Bonnie has taken down Goliath, who's still on the floor with a broken nose and blood all over his face and torso. Uh, Tommy fires a couple of rounds in the air and lets the whole boxing ring know that Arthur's dead. I, I pulling would, off I just the acting say, job of the century. Oh yeah, great. I do want to say What's up? my guess that I did not say vocally was right. I was going to say I think it's a cult. I was going to say cult. It is. It's a 45? cult. M one nine. It's an M one nine eleven. I don't think a cult forty five existed at that. Point. I don't think so. I don't think it, it's it's one you would you would be using either. It's the M one nine eleven, which, if I remember correctly, was a military weapon. <laughs> It's a nice heavy like pistol. Your hand, it is. It, like it is really nice. You've used one? 
no, it, but I've used one that has looked similar looks to that. Right, it feels yeah. like it just looks like it's got a good weight in it is what I mean. Yeah, I agree. On to Arthur's funeral through a empty, through the empty slums of Birmingham, South Birmingham to be precise according to uh an election that takes place later in this episode we see <laughs> arthur's child for the first time clutched in linda's arms looks a lot like linda not much like arthur mm. no comment that's not a spoiler or anything like that okay but i'm just making a comment because i did not notice arthur's baby as i was watching this earlier today <laughs> uh tommy does his best impression of a morning brother going through the motions of running his business of course you can speed it up you know i've always wanted well i don't want to say i've always wanted but there's just something about uh the slums of birmingham Birmingham. here that you've always wanted to move yeah i just like i kind of want to go there and see it it looks interesting i like like the whole monochromatic street like the walls and the ground is just this coal color it looks interesting i can see that well, Michael has been um, brought in from his punishment of having sent Tommy to his death and withholding the information of his would-be assassination by mm-hmm. Changreta and his goons. He's been brought in here to find out that he has been reassigned to deal with new business in America. And the train oh. leaves in an hour. How would you like that? Huh? Your it's boss calls you in and says, face. hey, relocating you to Europe. Plane leaves in an hour. Get your ass out of here. Get to the airport. I you wouldn't, wouldn't have a choice. No, you wouldn't I'm... have a choice in this scenario if Tommy <laughs> yeah, Shelby was this your one. boss. You say no, he pulls a gun on you and blows your head off. But, yeah, you uh, know, I, I, you know, anybody else, yes, but because he's Paulie's son, there's absolutely no way that there would yeah, be repercussions for it. And I've got to say, I wrote here sidebar. Um, Paulie really, really put Michael in a terrible position here mm-hmm. uh, by withholding the information that she knew about the uh that she wanted Changreta to um, yeah. think she was on his side yeah they didn't have to go this route with michael he no, has been like, honestly more loyal to him than than i don't know just as loyal as a brother yeah to uh, yeah. tommy he, so, he has he has been very loyal I, you know i i also like this whole thing kind of puts a weird taste in my mouth because it kind like did Polly screw michael she like did. who like I don't, I don't, like, I can't even buy that it's, like, for his protection. Like, it also puts him in a terrible spot. It does, because, you know, you're, I don't know, she knows Tommy. She knows if push comes to shove, you know, he's going to axe Michael if he needs to, Mm -hmm. you know. But at the same time, I don't see the point of having done this to Michael. They used Michael here in a, Mm -hmm. in a, to be honest, an unsuccessful attempt to eliminate Changreta. So they used Michael in a way that uh, put Tommy in harm's way. Mm-hmm. Changreta ended up finding out anyways that Polly was not truly on his side. So what was the point of that? Was that a detour? You know? I don't know. I mean, and So now to, Michael's point, been thrown to the, to the gutter. Right? Yeah, it's, it's like they, they used him and then punished him for using him. Like, yeah. you're in a lose-lose situation. I mean, yeah. I don't know what, what you're planning on doing there. Yeah. And they, they, they knowingly put him in that position. Yeah. It's just weird. It's weird. On to the end of Arthur's funeral. Uh, Tommy hosts a gypsy-style funeral in which the wife of Angel Changreta 
Mm-hmm. I think it's Angel Changretta. I think so. Uh, yeah. Which is Luca's mom, anyways. Mm-hmm. She comes over to Tommy and gives a stupid proposition saying, hey, we killed two of yours, you killed two of ours. We want all your businesses. We won. And what world have they won here? Even with Arthur dead. You know what I mean? Yeah. What what would make them think that Tommy would just give up all his businesses? I don't know. I mean, I... No suspicion? Nothing? No alarms went off? Like, hey, uh, this guy who's who's been quite a pain in our you-know-what has now decided that he's just going to give everything over to us, sign everything off, you know? And Alfie, this guy who's been a major, major disrespectful factor, just left his his entire business to, to me. Left a little grenade there too, which I did love that like backstory. That. Yeah, where we got that he was, yeah, he was a captain in the army. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> I gotta say, I completely forgot what Changretto, his wife, looked like when she was walking up. I thought she was a gypsy. So did I, honestly. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I thought she was older than that. Yeah. Well, I was shocked to see as I was watching this episode. You know, actually, I wasn't shocked, but I was thinking to myself, Tommy says nothing other than just just agree. He doesn't really. He doesn't like hit her back with like a comeback line or anything. No, he just goes along with it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if you're watching this for the first time, you think Arthur's dead, right? Or you, you're hoping to God that he's not dead. Cause that would be like John boy dying is one thing, but Arthur dying. Arthur, is, is yeah, I know. I know. It's like enough for you to not want to watch the show anymore. If Arthur's dead. Yeah. Um, and so this whole that, time that was, that, that was like, actually my thought. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. That was yeah. actually my thought the first time I ever watched this. I was like, dude, did they really just they they just killed Arthur? Like, I'm like, I don't even know if I want to watch this anymore. It's like, yeah, it's like if you watch Game of Thrones and they killed off Tyrion Lannister, you know, <laughs> in season one or something like that. You know, it's like I don't want to watch this show anymore. Um, well, Tommy, this whole time you're kind of hoping that he has a rabbit in his hat. You know, he's gonna mm-hmm. just pull one out at any moment here, and he. I gotta say, he's just completely the entire time, as if like there's an Italian spy watching him at all times. Mm-hmm. He's playing the perfect role of somebody who's lost his brother and is about to lose all his businesses. And yeah, we get the final showdown between him and Changretta, which is meeting in his gin distillery. Yep, where Tommy lets him pretty much have his final little bossy monologue, where yeah. he wants Tommy to sign all these papers on the floor, which. By the way, these papers are drafted up like brochures. They're folded like in threes. They're terrible. <laughs> um, look at them. Look how he pulls them out of his suitcase. They're just like a bunch of loose pamphlets. That's like, hilarious. Those are the papers? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> I bet you the prop master on set was like, we didn't get these. And so they just got a bunch of like pamphlets and just like, put them in a briefcase. That, hey, these, these are it. That looks good enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, it's not enough that... Tommy signing over his businesses. Changretta wants him to do it off the floor. He mm. wants him to beg for mercy from Changretta. And he's not done with him. He says he would have killed them all, Zerk. Mm. He would have killed them all with his match in his mouth and his toothpicks and his goons. And Tommy can only take so much of this. It's it's the sign it off the floor. Where Tommy decides to, you know, get on the floor and let him know, hey, buddy, 
I've made a deal with all of your rivals, especially Al Capone. Mm-hmm. And uh, it turns out all your men standing behind you, who, by the way, at this point, I was surprised because we hadn't seen more than like five goons at yeah. a time for him. So I'm like, who are these people? Turns out they are hired hitmen who work for the highest uh, dollar or highest uh, amount. And all mm-hmm. of them all have already turned on Changretta so that Tommy can take him out, end this vendetta once and for all, and also gain an import liquor license with New York. <laughs> so Tommy comes out on top, not just with the import license, not with just any of the vendetta, but Arthur also reemerges himself here. He comes back from the dead with that. I remember all these shots like so clearly with a blurry shot from the door. Somebody walks in and you're like, yes, mm-hmm. he's not dead. I remember that. I remember watching that with my dad and being like, he's not dead. <laughs> Let's go. You know, it's such a short moment between when you thought he was dead and you find out that he's actually not dead. But it just felt it like It felt like forever. an eternity. Like, all I know. right, when are they going to bring it back now? And you're looking at how much time's left in this episode when they bring it back, Arthur. Yeah. You know, kind of a side a side note to what's going on right now, but this location really makes me want to own my own gin distillery, or at least have some some Peaky Blinders gin. I will tell you this: if if I'm Changreta here, as Tommy's letting me know how he has screwed me over and turned all my men against me, mm-hmm. I'm already pulling my pistol out and shooting Tommy in the face. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if, if, if I'm going down, you're coming like, with me. If I'm going down. <laughs> I'm messing somebody up, you know? <laughs> but yeah, I agree with you. Um want to have like your own little distillery here. Oh yeah. You know, that would be pretty I think cool. that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Here's here's the fight we've been waiting for. Tommy just beating the shit out of him. Give Lisa. us a play by play, Zach. So Tommy's right good now, at taking like a, a like he blunt can take objects a to the yeah. to the back. Yeah, I mean well I mean he's he's gotten it in the head. Here we have that that lovely blurry shot of Arthur walking in. I don't think Finn knew at all. He like gasps. He didn't tell Finn. <laughs> He's like, I can't blame him. I mean, I wouldn't tell the youngest one either. He has um, never proven himself to be very trustworthy. No. And he he's he just seems like a very weak person. But Tommy has literally beat the living shit out of Luca at this point. He's got blood dripping dripping down his face. He's got uh a swollen eye already. Arthur pulls out his gun as he's standing there in the background and, and this romantically slow motion shot blows a hole through his head and ruins a whole canister of, of gin. gin. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, Arthur got his wish. Remember, he had his whole meltdown because he, yeah. he wanted to, Yeah, you know. it was like this. This is like my favorite part of this season, honestly. It's this like redemption moment for him. Mm-hmm. It feels good. Did you see that dark shot of the mansion? Yes. Very season three, five, six vibes, huh? Yeah, a little bit. It's kind of like, we're all right, we're done with Changreta Vendetta now. Back to what we started here. Back home. We got past the John Boy detour. Mm-hmm. All this would have been settled if they, if John Boy and Arthur listened to Tommy and killed Changreta's wife. Mm-hmm. None of the season four wouldn't have happened. John Boy would be alive. It's true. The, like, this just felt, again, it, it's all, it's all kind of felt a bit off from the other seasons and i don't know i whatever you know 
Could have been could could have been more. Have you ever read that. Julius Caesar by no. Shakespeare? No, I don't, not that I recall. If I have, it's been a long time. Well, have you ever heard of the term, and you, Brutus? Et yes. tu, Brutus? Yeah. You know, because Caesar was betrayed, right? Yeah. By his uh, council, or his like close friends. You notice when Changreta gets betrayed, he says, and you, Matteo? <laughs> Can you look up Brutus's first name? Or yeah. his, his last name? If we know that. Marcus Junius Brutus. Yeah, it just reminded me when he says "and you, Mateo." It just reminded me of "and you, Brutus." Yeah, it's like, uh, and Mateo is kind of close to Marcus. Yeah. All right, so they have like this celebratory dinner. It's interesting because um, season three ends with all of the family in the house, and Tommy has them all arrested, right? Mm-hmm. And you turned it down. And um, it ends terribly, right? It ends yeah. with all of them going to prison. But this time, it's cel- it's a celebration that all their enemies are dead. Yeah. And you f- you get the first inkling from Arthur's toast that it's different. Everything's kind of different now. Arthur, in last season's speech, he wanted out of the business. This season, he's like, our enemies are dead. I'm not going nowhere. He pulls a wolf of Wall Street. He says, I'm not leaving. Uh-huh. I'm not leaving. He does one of those. And we get our first notion that Tommy might not be okay with the reality that does not have an enemy in front of him. Because this eerie kind of facial expression occurs on Tommy and like this kind of music starts. Um, And I don't know if it's that he knows all his enemies are gone or if he knows that one more is remaining, which is Alfie. And Mm -hmm. although Alfie betrayed him, I wouldn't consider him an enemy because it's almost clear to me that he tipped him off at the start of this episode that something was going down. Yeah. And um, and Tommy doesn't even want to kill him in this final scene that on this beach. It's a beautiful scene too because the the setting's awesome. It's on like yeah. this empty British beach. If this oh, is in the it. UK, and Alfie has to force him to shoot him by pulling a gun on Tommy. Really, his only request is is that he takes care of his dog because he confesses that he has cancer. Mm-hmm. He's riddled with it. And uh, he goes to shoot Tommy, and he doesn't go for a kill shot. He shoots him in the in the, in the stomach. Something. Yeah, he yeah. shoots him in a place where he's not gonna die. I think. And um, I don't even know if he hit him in the stomach. Was it the arm? I'm not sure. I'm, it, I'm not sure. It kind of looked like a like a torso. Hit. But t- but Tommy shoots him point blank, and it seems like he killed him. We don't right get a confirmation, but it seems like he killed him. Uh, and on to. <laughs> Tommy's vacation, perhaps the most depressing thing ever. Because in Arthur's toast, he says, Tommy, our enemies are gone. This is the first time we've had peace since before we all enlisted in World War One. It's time <laughs> for you to take a break. Yeah. And uh, the worst thing that could happen for Tommy is for him to be idle. And we see that here in this montage of him picking up golf and quitting by the sixth hole. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if uh, number six there is... Uh, symbolic because paulie later in this episode says that we gypsies you know uh we make a deal with the devil and walk past them type of thing yeah you know six representing the devil yeah you know the what he's dealing with in his head he she even references the alcohol being bringing on the blue devils Mm -hmm. um he's going through it here whether it's a mix of depression or whether it's a mix of these different things that are going on here Uh, he's having post-traumatic stress syndrome 
episodes from the war. Uh, he's doing everything calm that he possibly can, golfing, fishing, until he just gives up and just goes to binge drinking to ease the pain. It's a lot of gin, by the way. <laughs> Is that gin he's drinking, you think? It um, makes sense. I mean, it looks like it to me. Yeah. I know he loves gin. Yeah. I got to say, who's, who proves herself loyal to Tommy is Francis. Like, she really does care for him. Mm-hmm. Francis is kind of like his Alfred. It's his, yeah. uh, it's his, I don't know what you would call her, a handmaid. I don't know what you would call her. But she's pretty much the house maid. But she's really in charge of the affairs of the house, it seems. Yeah. Because she tries to get Tommy to see a doctor. And is, she's the one who calls Polly to alert her as to Tommy's condition. And he really doesn't get better until he has the meltdown and realizes his son is seeing him in this cut up drunk as hell state right mm-hmm. which is when i had the thought that tatiana the russian girl would be fantastic for him in this moment like i don't think that this would have occurred <laughs> she would have stopped this no or at least would, made it more interesting because she would have been like back in russia when we conquer an enemy we feel very depressed and that's when you know she would have like rationalized it with some like russian folklore mm-hmm. and uh yeah, you know. <laughs> i love i love these shots it's, it's hilarious it was cl- the light clearly the dp in. just like hey we're just gonna have like an art session here music yeah. video yeah lights coming this in. looks great <laughs> just kind of enjoy yourself do yeah. something yeah he, he does he's he's completely wasted it's it's uh what substance abuse substance abuse to the max there yeah zach don't do this all right i'll try not to get rough but yeah all right well after the rough night he meets with polly i gotta say that's a fit right there dude i know like i wish i could pull those glasses off but i can't that's a fit right there yeah my head's not small enough for those glasses we gotta shave the sides of our head I, I did it already. I've done that before. That's been my haircut, but I, I don't go that short. I've done it. I've gone zero on the sides. Before. Oh, really? Yeah. I've gone like a one to a two, but that's like the most, like one blended up to a two. You got to go zero. Go zero on the side or half. Uh-huh. I think I did half. Dang. Uh, on the sides, long up top, and you will you can do it. You got right. to get those shades. I do like those glasses a lot. I do too. I, li- I like them a lot. Yeah, yeah. I like the whole blazer, white shirt look here. I yeah, wish Tom, I could wear that every day. Right? <laughs> Anyways, uh, Polly's coming in to let him know, hey, we've been taking care of the business. The boys don't know you've been sick. Uh, sick being code word for whatever the heck Tommy's going through here, which as he describes is it's just myself talking to myself about myself. Mm-hmm. That whole thing. And um, I like... Paulie's line where she says it starts when you stop when you rest could be nerves the war could be the alcohol call it the blue devils mm-hmm. something like that and then she goes on about this gypsy stuff about how <clears throat> gypsies live in a place between life and death yeah and they have to walk past death sort of thing so mm-hmm. in a way in this scene Tommy has to make peace with his demons and the things he's struggling with and he gets back to work where there's this line where he put uh, Francis puts on his his coat form, yeah, and uh, she says you got to be resting, and he says there is no rest for me in this world, maybe the next, 
And so we, at this point, it's like, all right, we are on for season five. Mm-hmm. And this is part of what I meant. Like, I thought the episode was going to end like two or three times. Yeah, same. And then it just continues going. And really, once he is done with his vacation and comes back to work, we get the setup for season five, which leaves you hyped as can be, which is he touches base with Jesse Eden. He makes peace with his foreman who wanted to leave to Glasgow earlier in the season. And... um tells him to do one more deed for him and delivering that letter to Jesse. Mm-hmm. Uh, he makes contact with Jesse's, Jesse's contacts in the Socialist Party or Communist Party. Yeah. Has sex with Jesse. Um, what else does he do? He goes to the parliament, strikes a deal in making himself useful. So now he's playing the double spy. Mm-hmm. letting him know hey i'm very valuable to the crown very valuable to churchill he's saying uh we're on the f- fourth or sixth day of our general strike and it's it's sticking it may not stick this time but the next time it may be successful yeah he's essentially saying that the the political scene in london in the uk is uh is very tumultuous and it's not a guarantee that the current state of things is not overtaken by an armed revolution. Mm-hmm. And so he's pretty much leveraging his position of power in Birmingham to the max here, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that the so that he can real, realistically, you know, Tommy's always clawing for more power. So at this point, he's an OBE, right? Yeah, I believe he's an OBE. And now he's going to be the Labour Party's parliamentary representative for south birmingham which puts him (laughs) as the sole political representative for his city and probably the most powerful man there on his way to (laughs) god knows what else yep and that's how the season that's how the season ends he wins the election by a landslide Mm -hmm. leaves jesse eden in the dust she's looking at him like what did i just do i just handed this guy all of my contacts he's gonna replace me probably Mm-hmm. okay i just slept with him <laughs> he just had a kid with another woman and now i'm looking on and so she's just another um what's casualty of war so to speak yeah. that he used to get to where he's trying to go crazy crazy yeah. ending it salvages so much of what was up with season four that i wasn't crazy about but at the same time um does kind of justify my feelings towards this season just being a connecting bridge between three and five, right? Mm-hmm. Thoughts on I the agree. episode in general? <laughs> I, I It's the same thoughts that I had when we, when we started this, right? Like it, there's a few things in here that are important, right? Like it, it's really the ending of, uh, of this season, of this episode that, I think is most interesting, most important, really helps kind of move us from the previous storyline into the next. But I, I could I could deal without most of like the meat of the season. Like like give me the first episode kind of mixed with parts of the last episode and we're we're good to go. I think you I think you've achieved most of what you've needed to in this yeah in this season. By the way, I love how it ends with him going to Parliament to talk to the same guy Mm-hmm. Who gets the message of Tommy saying to pretty much free his uh, his his oh, family yeah. is about to be hung, and he says, 
well, bloody call him then. Mm-hmm. You remember when he says uh, the king is sleeping or that Churchill's sleeping? Yeah. Uh, well that as you can understand or hear our recap is brings it to an end and that is the conclusion of episode six of season four absolutely of the peaky blinders and our coverage of it i know Uh, we encourage you if you have been listening episode to episode to continue on and um listen to season five and six as as you watch the episodes or continue to do rewatches, I know I do that with other channels where I go back and I'm a big Game of Thrones head and up to my head and ears and in House <laughs> other, of the Dragon right now. Other things. No, in House of the Dragon, it's probably the only show I'm watching right now. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's great to have something like this where you can kind of go and, and watch your episodes with. Absolutely. Um, and I got to say season five. Season Gotta 5 watch is it. top notch. Yes, it is a really killer one. It's great. Season 5 is is an all-timer. Yes. Yeah, you you got to watch. I mean, well, if you're if you're listened if you've listened this far, you should at least listen to yeah. 5 and 6. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. And Go we do have it. some we have some fun moments. We have some really fun moments in there. Um mm-hmm let's get into some of the superlatives. I, I kind of want to go on and on about season four, about where this ranks I know. as a finale. <laughs> and if we had to compare it, I think season two is still my King personal favorite. Great. It's King. Yeah. Season three ends. It's fantastic the way it mm-hmm. ends. The ending of this is fantastic, but yeah. the rest of it is okay. Yeah. Uh, I won't talk about season five and season six, <laughs> but um, but I don't think you'll be disappointed. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, let's get into some of those categories, and let's I'll, I'll do have it. like a closing, some closing thoughts and statements at the end of the episode once we're done with these. Let's do it. All right, the first one I have for you is best scene. Best I'd be scene, surprised if this one's different. Best scene has to be between two things. It probably has to be Changreta finding out that everything's turning on him, because mm-hmm. it's a combination of Arthur coming back to life and and uh, Tommy winning, right? Yeah. The other one is probably the entire montage of of him realize, like from the moment he finishes his vacation, like from the moment his conversation with Polly, yeah, all the way through the end end of the episode where he mm-hmm. wins the election. It's probably that's my favorite part of the episode on the rewatch. Uh, actually, okay. probably period, because it gears it up to such a to such a degree that you're like, oh wow, this show's really going for it. Mm-hmm. He's he's gonna run for public office now. You know, I do, I do agree with that. That, that. that is a good one. Mine is the whole thing in the distillery with uh, Arthur coming in, killing Luca, Luca's man turning on him. I liked that. It was a good redeeming moment for. Uh, for Arthur, he finally got to do what he, what he wanted to do all along. But I do like the whole montage. It, it does really help lead. Like it, It's the one main part in this season that matters as you move into the following season. So I, I agree with that. Yeah, the whole thing. Just pretty much the gist of it being a Tommy cannot rest. He has mm-hmm. to keep moving. All right, next up. Most memorable characters. Character or characters of the episode. Tommy. That's what I put down. This this episode is all about him. Even 
even with Arthur almost being killed and killing yeah. Luca and and finishing off your your season villain, right? Like this this entire episode is, is all about. You take yeah. out two of them. Yeah, it's but it's, it's still all about all about Tommy. Alfie and Changreta get an axe. You know, it was action-packed yeah. episode if you think about it. Yeah. All right. Most annoying moment of the episode. Where do I begin? Uh, Bonnie versus Goliath <laughs> being something that's just ridiculous and will never not be ridiculous to me. The boxing match is um, mine. Changreta's plan working, choking out Arthur. But yeah. then, you know what I mean? Like that whole thing. Yeah. And then Lizzie barging in into the office in the midst of Tommy's revenge plan, mm-hmm. saying, Why haven't you come see me? Like, you're always oblivious, Lizzie. That's why. Because yeah. you don't know what the hell's going on. That's why, Lizzie. Why don't you get the hell out of my office right now? Somebody doesn't like Lizzie. You know what I mean? No, I'm just saying, like, what timing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Arthur just died. Arthur just died. Yeah. She's maybe like, it was, oh, maybe it was hormones or she's something. Like, she's like, you don't know my address? He's like, of course I know the address. I bought you the house. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just saying, like, be a little patient. Yeah. You know, Tommy hasn't really been terrible to Lizzie. Mm-hmm. A little patience. A little a, bit. A little patience. That's all I'm asking. Is, am I asking for too much? Uh, no, I think patience is fair. I mean, I'm just thinking that that timing is terrible. The day, well, from her perspective, right? Like, Arthur is dead. Tommy's the only one that knows that he's not. It's good. Play the Lizzie advocate. It's, yeah. fu- it's fine. That's cool. Uh, I can see her points. I guess just I'm talking from the perspective of knowing what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's me, Tommy, Polly, and Linda know what's up, you know, in the audience. So we're just yeah. kind of generally annoyed at her timing. Mm-hmm. But all right. All right. How about you? What's your annoying thing? The uh, I told, I told, I mean, other than most of it, it, it is the boxing match. Um, what about uh, the gin being exploded? By Arthur's gunshot, Did that bother you at all? It's, it's disappointing, honestly. Like yeah. it, it's kind of sad. It's, it's a lot of a lot of gin going to waste. But yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that that was the main one. The pocket match for me, honestly, it's just it's it's too much. The next one I have on here is the best line or lines of the episode. I put three independent things down. Okay. You want to go first here or me? I can go first. So go for it. I the always usually take your lines. So it's it is true. So my first one is, I forget exactly what Alfie said, but it was when he was he was talking about Tommy killing him, and he's like, "Oh my, my dog's gonna be stressed <laughs> and depressed. <laughs> you need to take care of him." I thought that was kind of funny. Um, my he second leaves the dog uh, there, by the way. Yeah, well, the dog's licking up his uh, his face blood from yeah. the hole in it. Uh, the ne- the next line I have was Tommy's just myself talking to myself about myself. Uh, yeah. And then I, I also like, I don't like when you go first. It's the, uh, of the, course. I don't know how you feel. Of course, yeah, exactly, right. That it's like sucks. damn, all of them. Uh, and then the other one I liked that I, I also thought was just kind of funny was went fishing, played golf. Golf's fucking boring. <laughs> and then it goes back to work. It was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. All right, I got. What about uh, you? I got it's just myself talking to myself about myself. Mm-hmm. I've got um, Paulie's line where she goes, it starts when you stop, when you rest. Could be the nerves. That is a nerves, good one. Could be the war. Could be the alcohol. You know, yeah. All that. I like that. And then I like, I've learned something, Francis. There's no rest for me in this world. 
<laughs> that is another good one. That's that's up there. And yeah. then um is there another one? I like when he goes back to the office and he says, Whose fucking idea was it for me to take a vacation? <laughs> <laughs> that's the dude hilarious. Came, the dude came back more stressed from vacation <laughs> <laughs> than he was before. <laughs> oh man. All Amazing. Right. What's up next? That's all I got. Unless That's unless it. you have any other key moments that stood out that you want to bring out. Those Don't are we usually the primary do, ones. Oh, we already did best scene. So. Wait, that's what we started out with. Yeah. All right. So that concludes season four. We hope you enjoyed this journey so far. Uh, we encourage you and hope you listen to season five and six. Um, we're not going to be strangers completely. I'm sure we'll tune in and do an update episode from time to time. We have mm-hmm. other shows in the pipeline. We have Lupin or Lupin, as the French would call. Mm-hmm. It's also a Netflix series about a French gentleman burglar that is very good and played by another iconic actor named Omar Sy. And he very much carries the show in a way that Cillian Murphy carries. Uh, or Killian Murphy carries. Uh, why do you say Cillian? Killian? Oh, whatever. Uh, you know, I've, uh, I've heard, I've, I've heard I both. Give up. I, give I think up. it's Killian. Yeah. Um, the way he carries Peaky. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have that completely done. Seasons 1, Part 1 and 2. And... Um, we have some one-off episodes planned that we haven't done. We have a business show called the Soapbox Business Show. Mm-hmm. And lots of other things that we're working on that is oftentimes the reasons why our episode postings get delayed. And these yeah. two were really no excuse. Uh, just to give you guys a little background. Uh, we had these two, and then I hit up Zach and was like, hey, let's do that business show we've been wanting to do. And so we started up a business show like in July. Yeah, uh, and we've been working on some other things that we're gonna doing with the with the company. We just uh, incorporated Soapbox or reincorporated from what our old name was, mm-hmm. and we are now working on um, a white glove publishing service where we help other content creators with uh, producing their content mm-hmm. as we create more shows based around entertainment and uh, look to grow the Soapbox network for those who enjoy what we do. So uh, thank you. We uh, appreciate all ratings, five stars only, of course, <laughs> and any emails that you send us. Uh, thank you, Joy. You know who you are. You get a second shout out. You're the only fan who gets two shout outs in the entire series because you spurred us to do these two episodes. Sorry for the delay between five and six, but we hope you enjoyed it. And uh, please write to us. Let us know how you enjoy season five and six. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in. Zach, do you have any closing statements? Absolutely. I will I will jump into the outro. Thank you for listening to season four of the Peaky Blinders podcast by Story Archives. You can find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts, Apple, Google, and Spotify podcasts. And you can find us at our website at soapbox.house where you will see links to this podcast along with a lot of the other ones that Mario was just mentioning. So be sure to continue listening, listen to seasons five and six, and maybe check out some of the other shows. See you there. All right, y'all. Until next time, stay peaky. <laughs>